Welcome to the Healing Tree Podcast. A journey in discovering God's healing ministry for us. Simplifying the story of the Bible and the mission of Jesus through the lens of a tree. And an invitation to experience the transformation that takes place when we're connected with our Creator. Hi, I'm Lauren. Hi, I'm Ajwa, and today we will be talking about oil and fragrance. And in our last episode, we were talking about the wine. So that was another part of the meal that we've been talking about throughout the podcast. For the first couple of episodes, we talked about the bread and the water. And then we did the wine the last time, which represented Jesus' blood. And we talked about how he was crushed for our sins. And that's what, where his blood flowed from. And when we partake of that sacrifice, then we are also able to share in his sufferings. And in our lives, we also go through crushing experiences, but because of the complete crushing that Jesus went through, we are not completely crushed. We are just have this pressure sometimes that we're under, but God is able to use that pressure to make us into something beautiful and allow for transformation to happen. Mm. So like Aja said, today we're going to be talking about oil and how it's fragrant and what exactly that means. So we're first going to talk about what oil is used for. And as we look in the Bible, one of the things that oil was used for was for anointing. So we're going to start off reading a few passages. The first is from Luke chapter 4, verse 18. It says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free. And then um, the next part that we're going to look at is in Exodus chapter 40, verses 9 and 15. They say, Take the anointing oil and anoint the tabernacle and all its furnishings to consecrate them and make them holy. Anoint them as you did their father. This is talking about Aaron's sons, the priests. Says so, so they may also serve me as priests with their anointing. Aaron's descendants are set apart for the priesthood forever from generation to generation. So in these verses, it's just kind of outlining what anointing is. And it talks about Jesus when he was anointed, that he received the Holy Spirit. And then talking about the priests, that they were set, they were set apart and they were made holy. Yeah, so what exactly does anointing mean? It's not a word that we use in our everyday language, like anointing. What does that actually mean? And so what they would do in that time is they would get oils and rub it on the person. And that would be, they would call that anointing. So for the passage in Luke, it says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me to bring good news to the, to the poor. And Jesus is talking about the Lord or the spirit that has anointed him. And it seems like the anointing is for a purpose. It says, he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. Sent, he has sent me to proclaim that captives shall be released and the blind shall see and the oppressed will be set free. And so in this uh, following passage in Exodus, it explains more about where the anointing came from in their practice way back then. Anointing would be given to priests so that they can serve the Lord in their, in their job to be as priests. And so there was a certain anointing oil that they would use. And it says that the anointing oil was also used to anoint all of the furniture in the sanctuary in the tabernacle and it said in order to make it holy or to make the sanctuary holy and also to make the priests holy so that they can serve their purpose. Yeah, it's interesting that they used oil as a way to almost like commission the priests or the people, um, the furniture for specific tasks. Um, and the same thing like we just saw with Jesus as well, that the Holy Spirit came on him so that he could do the work that God gave him. Um, So it's kind of this cool way of almost like a ceremony in a sense where it's like, okay, this is um, 
almost like giving like a blessing to the work that was going to happen and kind of um, allowing for God's spirit, allowing for God's power, for his strength to come upon um, the person in a sense for them to be able to carry out the work that God has set before them. Yeah. And so the like putting on of oil was symbolic, meaning that God has put or bestowed the Holy Spirit to set apart this person to make them holy or to set apart this person for a a mission to serve a greater purpose. So what about this oil though? Like what kind of oil, what's in it? Like what about this oil? Um, And so the Bible does a good job of explaining more about it. Um, In Exodus chapter 30 verses 22 to 25, it says, then the Lord said to Moses, collect choice spices, 12 and a half pounds of pure myrrh, six and a quarter pounds of fragrant cinnamon, six and a quarter pounds of fragrant calamus, 12 and a half pounds of cassia, as measured by the weight of the sanctuary shekel. Also get one gallon of olive oil, like a skilled incense maker, blend these ingredients to make a holy anointing oil. So it's pretty interesting that a lot of spices are in this oil and the main base of it is olive oil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is really interesting. Um, and if you read more further down in um, Exodus 30 and verses 29 and 29 to 30 and then verse 33, it explains how like precious, I guess, this oil was and how sacred it was. It says, consecrate them to make them absolutely holy. After this, whatever touches them will also become holy. Anoint Aaron and his sons also, consecrating them to serve me as priests. Anyone who makes a blend like it or anoints someone other than a priest will be cut off from the community. So it it sounds pretty harsh, you know, it's just like, okay, this is oil. If I blend it, you know, why is, why would it be, you know, cut off from the community? But I think it just goes back to what we were saying that this is representative of the Holy Spirit being bestowed on someone as they're going to be doing the service for God. Um, and so it's not something to just take haphazardly. God wanted them to really understand the importance and the significance that, you know, this is a very, uh, very high calling Um, and that this really represents something very special. Um, I don't want you to just do it for anything, but for a special purpose. Yeah, and I don't know if you caught that, but um, in uh, Exodus 30, 29 to 30, it says, consecrate them to make them holy. After this, whatever touches them will also become holy. Mm. It's like, sound familiar? Whatever the water touches becomes cleansed and washed away whatever the blood is painted on it becomes sanctified or set apart where death cannot touch it so wherever this oil touches whoever this anointing oil touches they are also purified and cleansed and set apart for a mission ah that is so cool i did not realize that before wow I think it's kind of cool too, as you were reading that, it made me think, um, you know, it's easy for us sometimes whenever God has given us a specific task or something to, you know, doubt ourselves, or we might, you know, be afraid of something interfering with what we're hoping to do. But at least when you were reading this, it just kind of spoke to me. And I felt like God was, was saying basically that, you know, if I have given you a certain task, I will give you what, um, what you need to fulfill that purpose. Like um, there's a passage that says that God's word will not return to him void. And, you know, if he speaks over your life in a sense, um, putting a specific call on your life, he will allow that to go to its completion and you don't have to fear, um, you know, something, I mean, of course there are always ups and downs with anything that we embark on, but God will be with you through it and will give you what you need um, so that you're all you're able to be blessed in the process that you're also able to bless others in the process too yeah and I like what you said about that that wherever God is sending us to go whatever he's calling us to do that anointing is the qualifying 
for that task. And so, um, for example, um, like we're both med students and, you know, coming into med school is like a daunting task. Like, oh my goodness, am I going to be a doctor someday? How? Like, I don't even feel anywhere remotely close to being one. And like, how is God going to make me one? And got a lot of reminders from God saying, hey, like, you're not alone in this. I'm qualifying you to be able to do the work that I'm calling you to do. So what is God calling you to do? Is he calling you to be a nurse? Is he calling you to be a plumber? Is he calling you to, you know, be a teacher? Um, Whatever it is, he gives you the power, the spiritual means to be able to do your job in a way that glorifies him in a way that has so much passion and love that people will be like wow it was like this job was made meant for her or this job was meant for him or he's literally like in his element and that's the beauty of the holy spirit is that he gives each one of us certain gifts that are unique to who we are and only each person can wear it the way that person can wear it. And I cannot, you know, try to do somebody else's job the same way that they can do their job. And so um, whatever God is calling us to do and to be, the anointing is the covering in a sense, the, in, the initiating, the um, power to give Mm -hmm. us the wisdom to be able to do that task with his might yeah and i liked what you said about um god giving each of us like our own specific mission and i think it's cool to kind of going back to our discussion on fruit um we've all been called to be fruit bearers so you know god does have us to go into specific professions where he can really shine through us in a special way and utilize our talents and the gifts that he has given us um, in a special way to reach others that can benefit from that. But it's cool that we also have all been given this commission to be fruit bearers and to be like God. And so that's also a huge calling on all of us. And God has anointed us for that. As we come to him, he will give us his spirit so that we're able to be transformed and be more like him. And so that we're able to reflect him to the world and whatever we're doing, whether we're you know, working or exercising or, you know, playing with our family or with our kids or whatever, whoever it is that you're with, that you're able to show the love of God. Um, And that's truly the highest calling that we could ever get. And it's truly a privilege that God, you know, wants us to be able to be like him and enables us to do that by his spirit and by his grace. And it smells good. (laughs) That is true. (laughs) As we talked about the Hereto in Exodus, about the anointing oil, there's a lot of fragrant spices in there. Um, and so it wasn't just about covering in oil, but it there was a fragrance that was pleasing. And just as we are living the lives that God is calling us to live, it becomes a a, a pleasing fragrance where people are drawn to it and it looks and smells good and joyous. I think I'm jumping ahead of ourselves here, <laughs> but um, it's okay. <laughs> the beautiful process he calls us to. Mm-hmm. So true. And it's really beautiful. Like we mentioned, this, this oil is for anointing and it has fragrance that, um, you know, attracts people to it. Because you might be wondering, how do you know that? Where do you get that from? Um, so the first passage is in First Samuel chapter 16, verse 13. It says, so as David stood there among his brothers, Samuel took a flask of olive oil. He had brought and anointed David with the oil and the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on. Then Samuel returned to Ramah. And then the second verse um, comes from the book of Acts chapter 10, verse 38. It says, and you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. So again, these are just showing that it's the Holy Spirit that is coming upon these people, that was covering these people and allowing them to go and do the work. And 
you know, for Jesus and his example, it said that after the, the spirit was given to him, that he went out healing all who were oppressed by the devil. And he was given the power and might to be able to free people from their oppression, the oppression of sin. And that's still what he wants to do today. Yeah, and the first passage talking about David is that David was called to be king. And he was a young shepherd boy and, you know, herding sheep and, you know, keeping the lions away. And all of a sudden this guy, a prophet, comes over and he's like, yeah, God's selecting you to be king. And I'm sure David was like, um, I herd sheep and I've never <laughs> like been anywhere close to the political realm or anything like that. And God is calling me to be king. And so we see here that when he was anointed, the spirit of God came very powerfully. It said, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on. And so God's spirit is what allowed David to rule righteously. I mean, he did have his faults for sure. He did. Um, but because he clung to God, he was able to be revered as a man after God's own heart. And I like, um, you know, when we see here, Jesus also was anointed, as we mentioned before, and that his anointing, as he's been saying from um, the book of Isaiah and other different books, was to set the captives free, to heal all who are oppressed. And so the anointing literally is God saying, hey, let's walk this road together mm -hmm. and I will give you what you need for this road and to conquer any mount, scale, any mountain that comes your way to, um, you know, to give you and show you like what it's like to live a life with me. And there's a work that God is calling us to do to bring his message, to bring his good news to people uh, by the way that we live our lives. I really like what you were just saying there of this work that God has for us. And I, I like the idea, just thinking that this is something that God is like, I'm going to go with you on this. Um, like we saw again back in the first passage in First Samuel 16, that I said that the spirit was upon David from that day on, you know, it's like, it's like his abiding presence with him. Um, he wasn't alone as he was ruling as king. And I mean, I'm sure that that was very scary for him. Um, it's kind of like thinking of starting a new job or anything like that, something new. It's, you know, exciting, but it's also scary because you're like, man, what's going to come up? I don't know what challenges I'm going to face. But it's beautiful that the spirit of God was with him to carry him through that throughout that journey to give him wisdom and to give him whatever he needed at every point. And so um, that is very comforting, I think, for us too, to remember that as God, you know, anoints us, he's the one that equips us, not just, you know, one day, but throughout that journey as we continue to look to him. Yeah. And so how is God calling us? Like, how are we being called? Are we even able to receive anointing? And so First Peter 2, 4 to 5 spells it out for us very clearly. You are coming to Christ, who was the living cornerstone of God's temple. He was rejected by people, but he was chosen by God for great honor. And you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. What's more, you are his holy priests. Through the mediation of Jesus Christ, you offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. And so by God calling us and saying, like, through Jesus Christ, you are able to be considered his holy priests. What does that mean for us? You know, I think... Um if you think back of, you know, the priests that were talked about in the Old Testament, the priest was kind of like a spokesperson in a sense for God to the people. Um, and I never really thought about it before until you're just reading it now. But um, I think that's kind of what God calls us to is that, you know, we come to know him, we have a relationship with him, we feast on his word every day, um, spend time in prayer, um, commune with him. 
And as we foster our relationship with him, then we're also able to share that with other people. We can share the word that we've learned and whatever else that God has shared with us. And as he transforms our character, that's something that also um, is able to be a blessing to other people and is able to be a witness to them. So I think, you know, him calling us to be holy priests is kind of like that work of just being people that, yeah, basically bear his light, that bear his message, that we're able to kind of be spokespersons for God to people that we meet, that as we speak with them, they can understand more of who he is. Yeah, exactly. And so, like, by being called a priest, we are now, like, representatives um, to display God's love that has been displayed in our lives um, to other people. And it's a process that as, as we come, it says, you are coming to Christ. That's how it starts off. You are coming mm-hmm. to Christ. And as we come to Christ, we become his holy priest. We become part of his spiritual temple. And we experience his transforming work in our lives. And that allows us to become fruitful, allows us to become people that are bearing his image, like you mentioned before. And I like the ending of that, First Peter 2, 4 to 5, um, saying that through the mediation of Jesus Christ, you offer spiritual sacrifices that please God, meaning that he changes our hearts where like when we come to him with our burdens with whatever it is it comes from the heart it's genuine yeah i really love that because you know like we've talked about before there's nothing that we can do and of ourselves like there's no good that we can do but he's saying that because of me because of my righteousness and the sacrifice that i made on your behalf that's how you're also able to live a life that is pleasing to god Um, And that truly is a gift because, again, it's not something that we're able to do on our own. And there's another passage in Psalms chapter 23, verse 5, that talks about this privilege that it is to be anointed. It says, you prepare a feast for me and the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Um, So, again, it's just so beautiful, almost kind of like the same imagery of like the water that you know, as Jesus fills us, then we become overflowing. We're like this bubbling spring, like the woman at the well, how she was, you know, just so overjoyed to share with other people. Um, The anointing oil that God puts on us, his spirit is also able to overflow to other people as well. And I like how it calls it an honor, because I think that's what it really is. Um, It's amazing that, again, the God of the universe would choose to enable us to do work for him. Like, you think about it, it's like God is the God of everything. Like he could do all of this on his own. He doesn't technically need us to do these things, but he chooses to. So it really is an honor that our God, our heavenly father would want to commission us to do work for him and to reach other people. Hmm. Yeah, it is a huge honor. He's like, I'm trusting you. I'm trusting you to go and do this work. He's like, yeah, you can do it because I'm going with you. When we look at our own selves, we're we're like, I don't know if I could do this. (laughs) He's like, yeah, don't worry about it. I'll I'll give you what you need. Whatever you need, I'll supply whatever you need, whenever you need it. And he does. And he has. Um, And like, how does this anointing process like happen? How does this like sanctification process happen or this making holy process happen and as we touched on it with the 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 lesson with the wine and with the blood um that god uses our life experiences the ups and the downs the moments that are difficult to grow us or to prune us also um and it doesn't mean he necessarily causes hard things to happen but he allows all things to work for good now looking at this passage in psalm 23 it says you prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies you anoint you honor me by anointing my head with oil so 
we touched upon a little bit before in previous episode um but what does it mean like preparing a feast for me in front of my enemies it's in front of the things that are causing you difficulties in life the hardships whether it's financial burdens whether it's school stress whether it's work stress home stress those things that are causing your life to be really difficult loss of family members um loss of friends family especially during this time what are your enemies right now during those times god is like i'm not you don't have to go through this alone but during this time i will strengthen you i will give you the tools that you need during this difficult time i will let your cup be overflowing to the point where people that come in contact with you will see the peace that you have now even though you're going through things you're how somehow able to find joy you're somehow able to find the strength to endure sometimes somehow able to find peace and those are all you know the 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 fruit of the spirit patience kindness gentleness joy love self-control all of those things you're being filled and the anointing oil is signifying the holy spirit and so during these times of hardships and during times of joy as well um god is like here i'm pouring into you i'm pouring into you and as lauren mentioned before um this is a part of the the pressing the crushing of olives that makes oil olive oil comes with pressing these olives and so as we take in spiritual water growing us to become trees in this case olive trees when we go through life it can be a pressing pressing that produces olive oil that can now be overflowing because of the spirit that is flowing into us now overflows as oil. I really like how you explained that and as you were kind of talking I was thinking of this song um, that talks about basically living from the overflow and it's kind of like as God fills you it's like you're able to live basically out of a place of abundance rather than a place of emptiness and like Audra just mentioned you know um, we do go through difficult times and, and those things still are difficult, but you're able to get through it as God fills you um, with all of those fruits of the spirit, things that you could not obtain on your own, but that he gives as a gift so that going through those crushing experiences, again, you're not going to be completely crushed, but God will help to lighten that load. And it's just really beautiful thinking of being able to live from this place um, that God is able to sustain you even in the midst of the most difficult of times. Yeah, I really like how you said that. And like living with overflowing now, going through those experiences enables us to proclaim his good news to other people that are struggling in the same way. Mm-hmm. Saying that like, man, God has helped me through this struggle. God has really given me peace through this difficult time. And I know that you're hurting in this way because I went through it. But let me tell you that there is a God who will heal your broken heart, who will heal your wound because he healed mine. And he is healing mine right now. And I want you to experience that. Do you know how powerful that is? Yeah, I honestly think that that's one of the One of the greatest witnesses because it's something that you can actually see you know if somebody says that i know i've i've seen people speak about experiences that they've had with god and obviously hearing their word you know is one thing but seeing the expression on their face like the light in their eyes um their excitement as they talk that's always a thing that gets me the most and i'm just like wow like they're not just you know saying that something happened to them i can visibly see god working in them and it's they're really a living testimony, truly a priest, you know, being able to represent the God that they serve. It truly is such a powerful thing. 
Yeah. And that's what God is calling us to do, to connect with each other. And we, the way that we can truly connect with each, each other on such deep levels and depth is when we are truly connected with God, our Father. We are living then from a place of overflow because he is the source of our love and care for others. And when we experience his love and care for us, it spills out to where we can't contain it in ourselves anymore, but we have to spill it out to those around us. Mm, Yeah, I love how you were saying that. And that really goes into our next point. We mentioned before that the oil that was used for anointing had fragrance to it. It was something that smelled good. And as we were just talking about, you know, spreading the gospel, sharing the things that God has done for us, the things that God has given to us. Um, that's basically how fragrance works. That's how perfume works. It's something that permeates the area that it's in. And we can see this um, kind of explained in a passage talking about a woman who came to anoint Jesus' feet before his, his burial um, and how she was able to share afterward. So we're going to be reading in Mark chapter 14, verses 3 and then verses 8 and 9. It says, Meanwhile, Jesus was in, was in Bethany at the home of Simon a man who had previously had leprosy. While he was eating, a woman came in with a beautiful alabaster jar of expensive perfume made from essence of nard. She broke open the jar and poured the perfume over his head. She has done what she could and has anointed my body for burial ahead of time. I tell you the truth, wherever the good news is preached throughout the world, this woman's deed will be remembered and discussed. Yeah, so we see here that... God God used Mary to anoint Jesus for his next phase, his burial. And that's a huge, like as we read in the last episode, his death was definitely a huge thing. And it caused him a lot of suffering and pain. And he got anointed for that, that mission. And, um... You know, how much more are we in need of God's anointing for the mission that he's calling us to do? Very true. He got these scented oils again, this alabaster jar of expensive spikenard. And it was in preparation for his burial. And so as we think about this, um, and we mentioned about going through some hardships in life, Could it be that God also anoints us for the difficult things we're going to face? That it will be for our burial of things that need to be put to death. Habits that are destructive that need to be taken out. Thoughts that are destructive that need to be taken away things that are plaguing our minds that need to be cleared of could it be that god is anointing us for our burial of things that need to be put to death Mm. that's the pruning process yeah i was just gonna say that's a really good point um i know i've definitely looked back on experiences that i've had and it almost seems like yeah, God orchestrated things to be a certain way so that when I got to a certain point, you know, even though it was a difficult experience, it's like I was more prepared than I guess I would have been otherwise. Um, and I think God is just is so thoughtful and just very insightful, obviously. Like he knows everything that's going to happen, but um, I think he really takes time and care to prepare us for things, you know, anointing us for the next phases in our lives but even orchestrating events and circumstances so that we're better able to handle what comes up ahead. And yeah, you know, even with Mary coming and doing this um, anointing for Jesus, I'm sure that that was very comforting for him. And obviously he really appreciated it from what we read. Um, But I'm sure that that was very helpful for him to just be like, okay, my father is with me. And I think when we look back on our experiences and things that we've been through where, you know, maybe we could also see God lining things up for us. Um, Yeah, I think those are cool ways that we can look back and see how God has been with us, 
um, and really preparing us for what he had ahead, even if it was a challenging situation. Hmm. Exactly. Uh, God definitely prepares us for the mission to come. And just as Jesus was anointed for his mission and literally his, his next phase, that death on the cross is what we talk about as the good news, the gospel, that his sacrifice is what allows us to live a life of freedom, allows us to be able to have Jesus's life and um, experience the, the, the richness of a relationship with him. And I like how that passage ended saying that wherever the good news is preached throughout the world, this woman's deed will be remembered and discussed. And so again, it's again, this mission, this sharing of going out and proclaiming the good news of what God has done in our lives. Yeah. And I think I just thought about this now, but I feel like um, what she did was also very notable because like we talked about before, um, you know, we go through a lot of hard things in life, but there's some things that, um, you know, I feel like God also knows where we're at and there's certain things that he knows that you can handle and certain things that you can't, um, or maybe certain experiences that he wants to put you through. Um, like Audra mentioned, maybe, you know, leading you to a point of giving up something maybe that needs to be given up or basically leading you to your burial. Um, and I feel like the, the woman, Mary, really showed a lot of surrender, that she was willing to be pressed like the olives to make olive oil. Um, so I think that that's kind of cool as well. And I think God even prepares us to to go to that point of surrender because that's not something easy to do, but he can give us the strength and help us to get to the point where we're willing to give certain things up and willing to go through those um, pressing experiences. Mm-hmm. Yes. And those experiences, um, you know, it seems like it's like a sacrifice where it releases like a sweet smelling aroma. And that might ring a bell to some of your ears because those are the same words that have been echoed throughout the Old Testament during the, the uh, sanctuary or tabernacle rituals that the Israelites would do. They would um, have these sacrifices and God would say, this is like a sweet smelling aroma to me. And so um, fragrance is pretty evident in the Bible. And I like these passages in Songs of Solomon. Songs of Solomon chapter four, verse 16 says, awake north wind, rise up south wind, blow on my garden and spread its fragrance all around. Come into your garden, my love, taste its finest fruits. This is a young woman speaking. And um, again, she speaks in Songs of Solomon 1, verse 3, saying, How pleasing is your fragrance. Your name is like the spreading fragrance of scented oils. No wonder all the young women love you. And in Psalm 45, verses 6 to 8, talking about God's throne, saying, Your throne, O God, endures forever and ever. You rule with the scepter of justice. Your love and justice hate evil. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you, pouring out the oil of joy on you more than anyone else. Myrrh, aloes, and cassia perfume your robes in ivory palaces the music of strings entertains you verses are so cool i really like the two for songs of songs or songs of solomon um i really like how the young woman says you know come into your garden my love taste its finest fruits um you know after the the wind has blown over the garden i think it's interesting because i think it also shows us that not only is the fragrance that we're able to um, that we're able to share with others that comes from God. Um, not only is it something that can be pleasing to other people and a blessing to them, but it's also something that God can enjoy. Um, you know, just as God pours out His love on us, and um, we're able to come to Him and to partake of His fruit and 
the fragrance of who he is, the beauty of who he is. Um, when we also share with other people and we, when we live a life that is pleasing to him and looks like his life, that's also something that's pleasing to God. I just kind of think of a parent, you know, that has a, has her child and, you know, maybe they won some award or did something else that was really great. And, you know, the parents just, there, just sitting so proud and so happy to see what their child has accomplished. And I kind of think of God almost doing the same type of thing where it's like, wow, like, look at my child, look at what they're doing and just really being blessed by, um, yeah, just really being blessed to see what it is that they're doing. Yeah, I like that too. And the fact that um, it's talking about wind, we talked a lot about how the Holy Spirit is like wind and like the breath of God. And so it takes the Holy Spirit to allow us to spread the fragrance that God has given us all around. Yeah, I agree. It is really beautiful. Um, And going on to some more verses, there's um, a passage in Ezekiel chapter 20, verses 40 to 41. And I absolutely love these verses just talking about how we're able to share this fragrance with those around us and how it's able to be a blessing. It says, for on my holy mountain, the great mountain of Israel, says the sovereign Lord, the people of Israel will someday worship me and I will accept them. And there I will require that you bring me all of your offerings and choice gifts and sacrifices. When I bring you home from exile, you will be like a pleasing sacrifice to me and I will display my holiness through you as all the nations watch. Um, I just think this is so cool because it's, you know, basically talking about that, again, kind of as God brings us out of, you know, difficult times, pressing times, like being in a place of slavery from sin or some other kind of oppression, that God is saying that it's then when he's brought you out of that, when you've seen his goodness and really experienced it um, on a very deep level, that's when you're able to give pleasing sacrifices to him. And he's saying that, the holiness that he allows us to display or to exhibit is something that all the nations, all these people around us are able to witness. Um, It really is something that is, yeah, people are, you know, watching us, I think, more than we realize, or they observe our lives more than we realize. And he's saying that, you know, by the holiness that I'm able to show through you, that that's something that's able to, again, be a witness to other people. Yeah, and I like how he ends that passage saying, I will display my holiness through you as all nations watch. And it's just like a testament of how allowing God to work in our lives, allowing him to anoint us with his oil, to fill us with his spirit, it becomes such a noticeable thing just as fragrance fills the room that it spreads and it it is one that people will watch and be like hmm there's something peculiar about you and I like it seems like there's a certain peace a certain light you know about you that it's different and um God is like I will pour into you so that you can flow out Yeah, that's really beautiful. And we have some more, um, another passage kind of going along the same lines from Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. It says, imitate God, therefore in everything you do, because you are his dear children, live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. So again, it's like he has shared his aroma with us, the fragrance of his beauty of his love and then as we imitate him as we come to him and allow him to do the transformation uh, transforming and inward work that he wants to do in us then we're also able to live a life of love and to be able to also share his fragrance wow yeah um and so it you know initially it's like wow how do i live a life that is holy or like is that sounds like kind of a tall order But again, he's like, I am giving you the power to do so. It's a lifelong process. Through this process, it's 
it'll be evident at the end of time that you will resemble me. Um, and I like what Second Corinthians chapter 2, verses 14 to 16 says. But thank God, thank God, he has yes. made us his captives and continues to lead us along in Christ's triumphal procession. Now he uses us to spread the knowledge of Christ everywhere like a sweet perfume. Our lives are a Christ-like fragrance rising up to God, but this fragrance is perceived differently by those who are being saved and by those who are perishing. To those who are perishing, we are a dreadful smell of death and doom. But to those who are being saved, we are a life-giving perfume. And who is adequate for such a task as this? Mm. Yeah, these are some really cool verses. Um, I like how, like the wording of it, how it says that he uses us to spread the knowledge of Christ everywhere, like a sweet perfume. Again, perfume is something that, you know, you just spray around, but it's something that ends up filling the whole room. And that's what God does in us, that when we, when we come to a knowledge of who he is, when we allow him to come in and he works in us, then it's something that, um, again, is just overflowing and goes everywhere around us to those we come in contact with. And it's something that, you know, basically touches every part of our lives. There's nothing that won't be transformed um, when we allow him to come into us. And it says that our lives are like a Christ-like fragrance. Uh, but I think it's interesting, you know, it has this part here where it says that this fragrance is perceived differently by those who are being saved and by those who are perishing. I don't know, what do you think? Like, what does that, what does that mean to you, Adwa? Yeah, um, we all have a choice to make. And God, Jesus, is there endlessly pouring out their his grace, his mercy, his love, his spirit. And his desire is that all of us can be saved. However, it's our choice. And so when we choose against God or we say no to God, the gospel, the good news that somebody is preaching about God becomes a dreadful smell. It's like, ugh. I don't want to hear this. Like, you know, I, I, this is not attractive to me at all. The further away we go from God, the more harder it is for us to hear or heed his call, his invitation, because yeah. we're simply tuning him out. And so the further away we go, the more tainted our minds, our beings become. That when we are confronted with something that is pure, it is distasteful to us because we've been filling ourselves with the opposite thing. Mm -hmm. And so unfortunately, our world is tainted by sin. And, you know, a lot of sin and wrong choices, the reasons why people make those choices is because it has this moment of pleasure, this moment promises of um, joy, um, but they're never lasting. Always have to keep going back. It's as if there's like a bottomless hole in the heart. And the more that people surround themselves with things that, are contrary to what God is having to offer, the more it's like you get comfortable in that. In that. It's like the fishbowl. Like fish might not n realize they're swimming in dirty water until they're like completely removed out of it and mm -hmm. can see that, oh, wow, that, that water is murky. How did I live in that mess? And so I think he's explaining here that for those that are perishing, those that are living a life that is leading to destruction, those that are leading a life that is contrary to God and constantly are turning away God's invitation, turning away his 
um, you know, constant cries to turn back and come back to him, it then becomes a dreadful smell of death and doom because it's like that purification that it's like, oh, no, I don't like that. That doesn't, that makes me uncomfortable. I can't, I, I, it's not, no, thank you. Um, however, to those that are listening to God's invitation, it's, it's like, wow, this is so nice. It's attractive. Like I, I, I can't see myself living this terrible life anymore. Now, again, this doesn't mean that somebody who has made constant, constant, constant poor choices is completely lost. No, definitely not. In fact, there's so much beauty and people that have gone so far away and end up coming back. But there's some, unfortunately, at a time when people have made the decision so far to where God becomes their enemy, to where God becomes repulsive, becomes um, somebody that is evil to them. At that point, it's like, it's almost like their view, worldview is turned on its side, turned upside down. It's hard to invite, you know, to, to reach that person when they are already considering you as somebody that is evil, that's going to destroy their, their lifestyle. Yeah, I really like the way that you explained that. And yeah, I agree. Um, and just the same way, you know, when we put ourselves kind of in opposition to God by the way that we live our lives. Um, and we become repulsed by him when we're living contrary to the way that he would have us to. It's interesting going back to this verse in second Corinthians that for us, you know, when we are close to God and we're living in the way that he would want us to, and we are spreading that fragrance, we can also have that same effect on other people as well. Um, I have heard people say that, you know, when they were living a life away from God, that there would be certain people in their lives that, you know, were close with God and had a very strong relationship with him. And they've actually said that, you know, I couldn't really, I found that I couldn't be around this person or I found being around this person made me extremely uncomfortable. And it was almost like I had to go away. And it's interesting, you know, how true this verse is. And then they would say, you know, like when I came to know God more, it's like I would want to come in and, you know, interact with those people or engage in certain conversations that I didn't want to before or, I would want to listen to certain music that I didn't listen to before, um, that type of thing. So it's very interesting that this fragrance that can, you know, be so inviting and welcoming and pleasing to one group of people can be completely repulsive and ugly and so distasteful to other people. And so it's helpful for us to think too, you know, if we're on a, a path with God, um, just like Jesus, he said that, you know, we will face trials and tribulations and, you know, not everyone will will like you. Um, even so that, you know, people hated him and he told his followers that people would hate them as well because of, because of the fact that they followed him. And I think it's helpful for us to remember, you know, of course, God wants us to be kind and to display the fruits of the spirit. Um, but in our walk, there might be people that are in opposition to us. You know, that might be our family or friends or other people that we've interacted with. And by us changing our lives and doing things differently than, we, than the way that we have, um, sometimes we do find that those people that would engage in some of those things with us or, you know, liked that lifestyle that we used to live might not want to be on board with us as we move forward. But praise God that he is with us in that experience and we don't have to be alone. Um, and I can't even imagine, I've never experienced that personally myself, but when I've heard stories of others, I can't imagine how hard that is. But again, God promises to be with us through it all. And the beautiful thing is that as you're doing this, you are being a blessing to other people. And, you know, hopefully those around us that find that um, the fragrance of Christ that we're spreading repulsive, hopefully as they continue to see us on our walk and our journey with God, hopefully we're able to point them back to him where they would be willing for that. So just a very interesting thing. But the results of this um, fragrance that we're spreading is God's work. He just asks us to stay connected with him like we've talked about in previous episodes being branches that are connected to the vine. He just asks us to be connected and to live from the overflow of his love and his grace and whatever the results are, that's in God's hands. And he wants everyone to be saved. 
but he again allows all of us to make our choice and will never force anyone um, to follow him if that's not what they want to do. Mm. Yeah, and he wanted it so badly that he was willing to die for the cause. Um, And I like how Isaiah 53 verse 5 puts it saying, but he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we would be made whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. God was the initial person to give us life. And he did so for everybody for those that follow him, for those that choose to follow him, and for those that choose to reject him. He did it for everybody in hope that everyone would choose him. And he was crushed for our rebellion. He experienced the crushing. He was the first initial tree, olive tree, that was crushed and produced olive oil so that we could be anointed by his sacrifice. We read a verse previously where it says, we are troubled on every side, but not despair. We are pressed, but we are not crushed. Um, God knows what to do. He knows how to teach us his ways. Um, Isaiah 28 verses 26 to 29 spells it out so nicely saying, the farmer knows just what to do. For God has given him understanding. A heavy sledge is never used to thresh black cumin. Rather, it is beaten with a light stick. A threshing wheel is never rolled on cumin. Instead, it is beaten lightly with a flail. Grain for bread is easily crushed, so he doesn't keep on pounding it. He threshes it under the wheels of a cart, but he does not pulverize it. The Lord of heaven's armies is a wonderful teacher and he gives the farmer great wisdom. He uses the pressures of life to get the best out of us. He anoints us for the mission to go to the world and tell people of that place of surrender that place of healing that we have experienced so that other people can experience the loveliness of the father Mm -hmm. yeah it's really beautiful and i love that that last passage in isaiah 28 um just thinking of how god works with us where we're at where we're at um because not all of us are in the same place we're all on our own journeys and our christian walk or maybe we haven't quite found god yet and We're still, you know, just kind of testing the waters to figure out who he is and if we want to follow him. But God knows where we're at. Um, And like Audra just said, you know, he he works with us in that place. And so no matter where you're at in your life right now, no matter where you're at in your Christian journey or just, you know, beginning a Christian journey or just starting to want to have a Christian journey, God will work with you there um, and will help you to give you the the desire to want um, to be pressed, to be able Um, to have that oil brought out from you, to partake of his oil, to be anointed for um, a life of service that he has called all of us to. And so, um, yeah, I hope that you guys are are comforted in that and just knowing that God is with you every step of the way. Um, You don't have to fear um, moving forward, but know that God is there and that he will give you what you need in time. He will give you the wisdom that you need moving forward. Yeah, and so questions to consider for this week. Have you felt or noticed God tugging at your heart to do something? Whether it's be tugging at your heart to spend more time with him, studying the Bible, listening to podcasts like this, listening to sermons um, to learn more about him. Or it could be that he's calling you to a new position to a new job to a new school to a new place start a new life or something maybe he's calling you to start a new hobby or maybe get rid of one how is God preparing you for your future calling 
how is God preparing you for your anointing process? And how are you going to be able to spread what God has done in your life? What is your gospel? What is your story? Yes. Thank you so much for those questions. And we hope that you're blessed in thinking of those and just really commit those to God. Sometimes we don't always know what the answer to these things are initially, but God will also reveal those things to you in time. And so thank you for joining us for this episode. And we look forward to the next episode where we're going to start talking about light um, and what that means. If you like what you just heard, we encourage you to stay up to date with our latest information and follow us on our Instagram page and subscribe to our YouTube channel. And if you have any questions, feel free to leave your comments and questions on our social media platforms. We would love to stay in touch with you, answer any questions that you might have and offer whatever support we can.